0: It's May 14th, 1878 and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Arian,
1: Rebecca and Ali. The Retrospectors. It was on this day that the very last person was taken to court for witchcraft in Salem, Massachusetts, and it surprised me to learn that that person was a man.
2: Yeah, and even more surprising was that he was the follower of a weird religious movement founder who was a woman, which also sounds quite odd for, you know, culty religious movements.
0: And also, if we're playing gender <laughs> history games,
2: he was taken
1: to court on the allegations of a woman, not a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's all upside down and back to front. I mean, it is actually true that the great majority of cases in Salem were against women and that, like, it was 78%. <laughs> I'm only laughing because I thought that
0: might be... I mean, obviously, it is true that the great majority of witches <laughs> are women. <laughs>
1: But then you said cases, and it was all fine and journalistic. Carry on. But it's also notable that this particular case took place a good 200 years after the original sort of tranche of cases that are famous in Arthur Miller's The Crucible, the ones that we all know about that were actually in 1693. So this is a good kind of almost 200 years later.
0: I do wonder whether this ever would have got to court if it hadn't happened in Salem. Mm. Both because the folklore there meant people were more credulous about witches, We're talking about 1878. I mean, it's practically the 20th century. Yeah. But also because... The public at large love a franchise, don't they? Like,
1: people are like, Have you heard? It's happening in Salem again. Salem 2. <laughs> the witch is back. <laughs> anyway, the case itself revolved around the accusations, as you say, of a woman. Her name was Lucretia Brown. She was a spinster of 50 years old. Great word. We have to do a show about that one as well. I know. Yeah. Where did that, the last where did that begin? Permissible use of the word spinster. <laughs> and she was accusing a fellow Christian scientist, and this becomes a crucial detail later on a guy called Daniel Spoford, of attempting to harm her with his mesmeric mental powers. And so the story that she brought to court was that she had had a spinal injury, sadly, as a child, and she was getting help for it through Christian science, which was this sect. And Spoford had intervened and stopped the positive assistance she was getting through christian science from working with his powers of mesmerism and so she was saying that his mind control had had caused her to have this renewed bout of pain so was there a specific reference to the devil
0: because like in the original witchcraft trials which is one we might call it now we have the sequel (laughs) uh, it was all about being in league with satan wasn't it but it sounds like this guy just had like a powerful brain
2: so this was very much a new form of witchcraft. So whereas the original
0: Classic. <laughs> so classic witchcraft. Whereas the
2: classic witchcraft was very focused around these Puritanical ideas.
0: The all female lineup before they went for the men. <laughs>
2: yeah. This time around it wasn't revolved so much around these kind of Puritan ideas about the devil and hell. This was a very different landscape. This was after the American Civil War and there was a big interest in spiritualism, communing with the dead mesmerism as an art what we would probably now just call hypnotism and mm. it was kind of a combination of there were bereaved families who wanted to speak to people that they'd lost in the war and then there were all these veterans who had a bit of a spiritual hole going around looking for something to fill it into this stepped mary baker Eddy, who was mm. a very eccentric woman and she was the founder of the christian science movement which is part christianity and then a massive dollop of very era specific weirdness around spiritualism She basically believed in a kind of metaphysical, spiritual healing of physical ailments through Christian science. And Spoford became one of her early converts and Mm. he helped her publish her first book. And then they had a spectacular fallout over the Mm. publishing rights around her second book. Soon after this, Eddie started accusing him of... Basically, the antithesis of Christian science healing is this concept she called malicious animal magnetism, a form of mind control which she believed could be used to harm others. And she helpfully even coined the term for this, mind crimes. And so it's widely speculated, although it hasn't been definitively proved, that she put Lucretia Brown yeah. up to these allegations to get back at her former acolyte.
0: I mean, it's all very well with hindsight to say this wouldn't have worked in court. But I mean, mind crimes. Like, like, just right from the beginning, you're just thinking, it's an outside chance, go lot, well. surely. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, so, I mean, Eddie does deny that she had anything to do with it, but certainly when she the She's dead case now, Arian, it's fine, ca- you don't need to be scared. <laughs> Eddie, if you're listening, we're giving you the benefit of the doubt. Well, well, I was about to um, withdraw the benefit of the doubt, because actually, when the case came to trial, she testified against Spoford. So even if she wasn't behind the case itself, she certainly took part in it. Mind um, crime. Mind crime. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, so Spoford's attorney looking at the case argued that the court couldn't possibly rule on such a thing as mind crime or mesmerism, which basically it's, he said it's not a real thing so the court has no jurisdiction mm. assessing it <laughs> sounds fair doesn't it yeah brown's yeah. attorney countered uh, that actually mesmerism was a real thing and <laughs> and she and I said shall prove she... <laughs> it by making
0: you desperately want to eat this bar of
1: soap yeah and so the attorney said it's an acknowledged fact and challenged the objection the judge ultimately to kind of skip ahead a little bit dismissed the case noting two crucial things one The case was vague and not in accordance with the law, which is basically siding with the view that mesmerism doesn't really exist. But the court ruled that it's not clear how it could possibly prevent any sort of mental control or what the remedy could possibly be. Because even if they put Spoford in jail, he Mm. could still use his mind to attack the people who he was attacking. So, you know, there's no possible way that the court could get involved, according to the court. But you can punish people for things that they think
0: If they then publish those thoughts in a way that causes harm Although I suppose then if they're in prison they can't publish anymore, can they? So publishing's a bit different
1: I guess that's true And also you're still in prison Like either way, even if you're attacking people You're still being punished
0: Yeah, but you're more likely, aren't you? If you're stewing away in a prison cell They've got a point You're more likely to spend all your time thinking Oh, that Eddie Yeah Oh, what a stinker
1: mesmerize her (laughs) as a
2: sequel to the original Salem witch trials it was a bit of a flop uh, (laughs) to say the least and it also met with a lot of sarcastic commentary in the press it was kind of seen as a bit embarrassing for the for the town that this was being you know brought to national attention because obviously you know this basically was a dispute within a a tiny religious sect that that ended up in court and it obviously wasn't really in line with the beliefs of the majority of Americans. Although, whilst researching this, I did come across something really interesting about how folk magic did remain quite popular in rural communities well into the 20th century. There was a book called The Long Lost Friend, published by a German-American immigrant in 1820. And according to some accounts, in some rural homes, especially in Pennsylvania, where he set up shop, in some poor households, the only two books they would have would be The Bible and The Long Lost Friend. And it was kind of a Christian magic almanac. It mm. contained instructions of spells, potions, etc. But also like random elements of non-supernatural things like uh, recipes and herbal remedies for livestock
0: and stuff. I suppose you've got to breed the frog's legs before you can put them in the soup.
2: Well, exactly. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a holistic approach to witchcraft. <laughs> and then in 1928, it ended up being at the centre of a murder trial. Uh, a what? guy who, A guy that we would now describe as having paranoia and probably severe untreated mental illness well like pretty Um,
0: much every witch that they ever put to death
2: yeah he became very (laughs) obsessed with the idea that someone had put a curse on him and he carried around a copy of this book and he ended up murdering one of his neighbors over this so this book the long lost friend and by extension this attachment to to magical folklore kind of dropped away quite suddenly in the aftermath of what was called the hex house murder
1: Mm. you know even though witchcraft trials themselves ended Wicca and witchcraft is massively on the rise, and so yeah. you know, after a bit of a lull, now apparently there's seven hundred and thirty thousand practicing Wicca in the United States, according to a uh, Pew Research uh, study. I've met a witch. I've Have interviewed you? a witch. Have you? Yeah, I'll go in.
0: I went to Glastonbury and interviewed a witch for a video series that I was making, and she told me that what's that man made out of chalk with a big boner on the side of the hill? What? Oh, the
2: Cern Abbas Giant. The
0: Cern Abbas Giant. Thank you. Yes. She told me that when she wanted to become pregnant, she went and rubbed herself on him.
1: Oh, wow. I don't know is what she... book
0: of Christian magic she found
2: Did she give you gout? She...
0: <laughs> no. Is this where the gout came well, from? Well, unless, you know, it was a very long-form spell because it was 12 <laughs> years later. And she did give me some love potion, though. But really? Yeah, like like aphrodisiac herbs, allegedly.
2: Wait, is this around the time that you met your wife?
0: <laughs> Next time... Promise not to march around the town on horseback, (laughs) proudly wielding the American flag. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine that would have been an issue. Look,
2: I've got to be me.
0: (laughs) Love the show? Follow the show. Wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the ACAST Creator Network.